104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yep, here we are once again, another Sunday, and we're sitting around talking about sports. Good day to be inside, though, because, well, it's rainy out there, so happy to be inside with Ned Reynolds and John Oliver. How are you guys doing today? On a rainy day, especially a rainy Sunday, what more could you want than be sitting around for an hour talking sports? Exactly. I don't know. know. I don't know. There is nothing better. Our cohorts are not with us today. That's right. Jake Gillette's somewhere. He's a busy guy. Yeah. And then uh, Josh Roberts taking in the comic convention. That's right. In so, Kansas City. That's right. So we're here together and we're going to talk about sports. Where do you want to start at, Ned? I'll let you uh, pick something. Well, the baseball season's underway and we've been in operation now for about, well, since April the 7th. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, two and a half weeks. Has it been, has anyone been able to make a determination yet? And the answer is yes. Even though you can't pick a division winner in the month of April or May, my buddy Bob Nightingale said, no, don't even make any judgment. Well, you can in one case, and that's the Cincinnati Reds. That may be the weakest team in creation. Ration mm. sakes alive. They have no offense, lost 11 in a row, perfectly understandable because they don't have any talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the Cardinals, the Cardinals beat them 5 nothing yesterday. I think it was a 4-2 to two on Friday, whatever, whatever I believe the situation. It was, yep. they, uh, they just, they being Cincinnati, not a good team at all. No. They are absolutely terrible. They, there were three big fire sales we saw in the offseason. There were the uh, Oakland A's, who dismantled that team, sold off most of their talent. Uh, there were the Reds that you mentioned. And then the Pittsburgh Pirates, in traditional fashion, unloaded most decent players they had. You know, why not unload Jacob Stallings? You know, he's a... Uh, you know, he's only a 25-year-old future gold glove catcher. Why wouldn't you, you know, of course. <laughs> throw him to the wind? So those teams are really hard to watch. Now, there's some good news stories as well, especially if you're a St. Louis fan. They're off to a good start. Pitching looks very solid. Nolan Arenado, I do want to call out because I saw an interview with him before the season where he said, I need to do more this year. I need to do more. And boy, is he ever. He's well over 400. He's leading the league in home runs. I believe he's close, if not the leader, in runs batted in. And he's making superb plays at third. Yeah, he's been, you're right, John. He's been very aggressive in his approach to the game. And, and that speaks highly of Marnado, who mm-hmm. who does, and even when he was down here in the Texas League with Tulsa, you could see that he was going to be an up-and-coming superstar. And he really, I'll tell you what he feels, at least in my opinion, he feels that if he's going to do it, it has to be now or mm-hmm. maybe next year because then the career starts to wane just a little exactly. bit. He's not a kid. I would say he's, what, 30, 31, 29, 30, 31, I somewhere. I believe he's 29 or 30, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's middle age mm-hmm. for uh, Major League Baseball. Now, it doesn't necessarily correspond to every player, but I think you'll find the better ratio of individual it does. Mm-hmm. And he feels, hey, I better get it done now mm-hmm. because who knows how much longer this will last. And uh, more power to him. I think the guy's a great player. He shows a lot of motivation, a lot of incentive to play. I, I do like him. I think that was a great acquisition. I think Goldschmidt was, too, Absolutely. Uh, for the Cardinals. There have been others who I'm not particularly high on. But <laughs> we'll kind of leave that for another subject. Right. Well, let's go back to what you mentioned earlier about the Cincinnati Reds being such a bad team. There's the- there's a little handful of teams 
in baseball that aren't very good. And uh, one of the stories, one of the growing storylines mm-hmm. is the Oakland Athletics. And uh, apparently, I didn't know this, I saw they had declining attendance. It's just horrible. I mean, uh, fewer than a 1,000 fans at some games. And John was saying that they've been told to not come to the games. It is, it is a boycott. Um, there are multiple stories that are circulating, which are true, that the AAA and AA affiliates have surpassed the attendance for the major league team. It was an organized boycott by A's fans. You know, online, you can get things going easier than signing a petition now. So they have decided they're going to boycott until this team does something to reward the fans. It, it, it's a bad situation there. It is. The interesting factor about it is that Major League Baseball has mandated. They have told the Oakland organization that they have to find a new stadium or the league will take over the team. Now, I don't know what the time frame is on that. I imagine several years. But that's that's been done. The ownership is gone. But I guess the fan base feels like they're dragging their heels on this. They want that. Actually, it's more than the team. It's to show the uh, board of whatever it is that runs the city, board of whatever directors that runs the city of Oakland, that has to make sure that uh, a new stadium is going to be built. Now, they put a temporary uh, yes to it back in October, I think it was, but it still hasn't been finalized yet, nor has ground been broken. They need a new stadium. This is one that really does need a new one. There's right. some of them it's kind of political, but not in this case. In a related story that I don't know if you guys have heard, uh, there is a group out of Nashville that has come yeah. together, and they Saw are wanting week. either an expansion team or an existing team. And I know they've talked about moving to Oakland if they can't get that stadium secure. Interestingly enough, that ownership group is led by Dave Stewart, who, of course, mm-hmm. Ned, yep. you mm-hmm. and Joe will both know. Sure. Three-time World Series champion, fiercely competitive pitcher, you know, for Oakland, you know, in the 80s and early 90s. He is dead set on the Nashville Stars, which is the name they're proposing, coming to Major League Baseball sooner rather than later. That's interesting. Would Major League Baseball allow the name of the team to be changed? That's what they're operating under. That's a really, you know, it's an interesting question i don't think they'd be it's not unheard of obviously as you and i both know you've seen name changes for teams that have moved but in this case you're talking about a storied franchise in philadelphia as the athletics and in kansas city as the athletics now in oakland as the athletics would they allow that to happen well maybe maybe not but i i kind of thought john that they might if they entertained moving move to oakland yes i'm sorry i'm sorry move to las vegas oh las vegas because i know they want a major league team there and that's where the other oakland team went to las vegas that's a hot side as well obviously with the you know football team being there that's an attractive location if they can't get it done in oakland you know and modesto may not have a team at that point i'll tell you how small those crowds have been (laughs) the one writer was talking about the Age, I think they are playing the Baltimore Orioles last week sometime. And he said the the crowd was an announced 3,000. We uh, never do uh, that when it's that small. Uh, <laughs> so you knew there were less than that there. <laughs> well, that Oakland Alameda Coliseum is, is horrible. Uh, it one, is. One year the toilets yes. exploded and backed up into the <laughs> opposing team's dugouts. These are not jokes. These are things that are – some teams blackmail cities to get their new stadium. This is not a case Absolutely of that. They this do. is this is a, a stadium that was um, a multi-purpose stadium built for both football and baseball. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't work very well for baseball. They have the largest foul ground in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, you mm-hmm. can hit a ball that would be, you know, 
10, 15 rows up in most major league stadiums, and it still gets caught in Oakland. Absolutely. It's just not a very good ballpark. It was built in 1966, and it was built primarily for the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the A's, well, of course, they, they weren't there then. They were still in Kansas City, but mm-hmm. the Raiders had made their move. The Raiders were an original back in 1960, played in a high school stadium, <laughs> and then uh, moved over when they, when they built this one. And that's really when the whole AFL began to be big time. The, two years later, Oakland was in the Super Bowl and so forth. But the stadium was built for the Raiders. A's were a second choice when they came there. Why not? It's a stadium. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really, it is just not conducive to any kind of good sports viewing at all. The Raiders are gone. The A's soon will be. And, yeah, it's, it's an organized boycott. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. We're chatting about Major League Baseball. We're, ta- we're talking about the bad teams of Major League Baseball. Uh, naturally, in there's a group of these, as I mentioned earlier, that aren't very good baseball teams. I know the Pirates are making some moves to shore up their team. They've signed some of their younger players to contracts. They lost 21 to nothing yesterday. That's, That's a football score. <laughs> they lost by three touchdowns to the Cubs, who aren't that great of a team this year. It, it's a brutal score. It's a historic score because I think it's the biggest blowout for Chicago since 1900, if I remember correctly. And... It, it was it was hard to even watch the highlights of that, Joe. It was it was a really rough game. I will say this for the Cubs. You know, on paper, they don't look like world beaters, but they've got some young talent at a lot of positions, including a very young pitching staff. They're going to open some eyes this year, and I thought that before the season, and I'm seeing it. They've got some real talent, guys like Frank Schwindel, Guys like Nick Madrigal, who they got from the White Sox. They've got some young, up-and-coming talent. How about the young kid Suzuki from Japan? Oh, my goodness. Now, this is not any relation to Ichiro. Mm -hmm. Suzuki is like Smith or Johnson from Japan. It's a common (laughs) name. But this kid, this young Suzuki, has really come over and is playing extremely well. Very impressed with his hustle and his his overall baseball acumen. He has a lot of it was a star in Japan. Mm-hmm. He's still a kid, however, and he has acclimated himself to the Chicago Cubs in the very early going quite well, I think. Absolutely. The fans love him. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. I mean, he's shown power, contact. He reminds me a lot of Ichiro in the way he carries himself, his sense of humor, the way he interacts with the press. But Ichiro, I know people say Ichiro could have chosen or you know, chose to hit home runs during his career, and I believe that. But, I mean, this kid has raw power. Ichiro, Ichiro was very, very strong. As <laughs> not a, he was five, I think 5'11", 6 feet, maybe somewhere around there. But mm-hmm. he had that build, that sinewy build that not – This is there's nothing uh, from a national standpoint about this. And a lot of athletes do have that. He had it, had terrific strength. He could do whatever he wanted. Yes. You're right. He was a contact hitter. Could have been other than, but uh, his 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 strong point in playing baseball was in Japan and was here. He would have had five thousand hits, oh. in, in my opinion, if he'd been a major leaguer. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of, reminds me a lot of Ty Cobb. I remember oh. a story about Ty Cobb that uh, you know when Babe Ruth came into the game and and home runs were so important at that point, and somebody said something to him about it, and he said. 
all right. So the next day he went out and hit three home runs. He goes, there's your home runs for you. And then he went back to doing what he normally did. Now that would be Ty Cobb because uh, he played at the same time. The latter stages of yeah. his career coincided with Babe Ruth in his heyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while he got along, I think, all right with Babe Ruth, they were not they were not correspondingly friendly in no. terms of style of baseball no. at all. But I've seen some numbers that the overall home runs are down this year in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, and there seems to be a little shift in the game, the way that it's being played. Mm-hmm. Small, small shift. It's still basically a strikeout home run game, even though the stri- the home runs are down. But that's the big story every time that you turn on the news is somebody hit multiple home runs or hit a towering home run or the launch angle, their velocity. It's the kind of thing that we don't like. The three of us, I know, don't like to see from the mm-hmm. game. But there's been some well-pitched baseball out there, too. I know the Cardinals have had some extremely well-pitched baseball games. I was Absolutely. impressed yesterday. with Again, though, I think we're making an over-assumption on their pitching skills because they played yeah. the Pirates. They played the Reds. <laughs> they played the Marlins. Yes. Yeah. Now, starting tomorrow night, different story. They're playing the New York Mets, who lead in the National League East. That may be a different story. The Mets really haven't played anybody of of, of any great strength either, because it, it's mm-hmm. really impossible to determine your strength. Case in point, you guys talked about the twenty-one to nothing game. Do you remember the spring training game just about three or four weeks ago when the Cardinals beat the Washington Nationals twenty-eight to nine? I, I do. think the final score was yes. Now there's there's another situation where it can get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Those those things happen. It's it's part of baseball. Yeah, it's not a fun part of baseball, though. So let's switch gears and talk about the teams that are playing well mm-hmm. right now. You mentioned the Mets. They're doing extremely well. Yes. The Dodgers are playing extremely well, good just, baseball. They are. knew they were going to. They're, they're just mm-hmm. a really good team. And watching a couple of games against their double-A, uh, with their double-A farm club here in town against the Springfield Cardinals, the talent is there in double-A as well. <laughs> they won a game last night 16-8. to eight. These guys can hit. They have a very good defensive and not a great pitching staff, but a good defensive staff, good mm-hmm. offensive staff. It's it's they it's an embarrassment of riches. Absolutely, and this Dodger organization is pretty good. They are. Uh, I really want to call out Francisco Lindor because I know people, you know, really railed on him last year for what they felt. Oh, he just took the money and he's not trying. He had an epic slump the first month of the season. If you take his slump out that first month. He had a very Fernando Lindor type of season. Well, I can see he's motivated this year because he's up in the 330s. (laughs) He's playing like a man possessed. I mean, this is what you expect. For baseball, it's hard for a lot of younger fans to understand this. And it's not an insult, but baseball is a game where you can look at track record for the most part. If somebody is a professional hitter at some point, they are going to figure it out, even if they go through an epic slump. Sure, there are some examples of that not happening, but I never thought for a moment that Lindor wouldn't be a perennial all-star again. He's uh, he's an interesting story because he's had baseball directed. He's you know it's a product of Montverde, and we yes. know about their their basketball game. Well, he mm-hmm. played for their very good baseball teams as well, and uh, a, a dedicated. American raised, not American born, but American raised kid who has really dedicated his life to a major league baseball. Incidentally, I think you guys got the same note I did from uh, one of our listeners who happens to have a place on this show, but he's not here today. <laughs> and he says, "What are you not doing? Not mentioning the Yankees fans in center field?" <laughs> well, actually, Jake, we did talk about them, but not on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. That's that's an unfortunate situation. I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I think. 
And Joe, I'm going to defend you on this one. I think people, <laughs> well, I'm just, I wasn't there, so. No, no, no. Just in general, I think Yankees fans have a horrible reputation they just do. because of the few bad elements that constantly go out and drink until they can't stand up. This was, this was a small group of Yankees fans. I'm not going to condemn everyone. It was an ugly situation. Uh, Stephen Kwan, obviously, we talked about, had run into the chain link wall. He was hurt. There were some terms being tossed that really shouldn't, along with some items being tossed. A couple of his, you know, teammates with the Guardians came out to defend him. And then after the Yankees hit a walk-off, which should have been an exciting moment, a pinch hit, walk-off hit for Glaber Torres, you know, who's struggling to kind of get back to form. Instead, we've got some fans out in the outfield that are throwing, you know, beer cans, debris, showering the players with things. It was an ugly scene. Um, I want to give absolute kudos to the Yankees players who went out to try to quell it. And actually, you know, Aaron Judge, that's not a guy that needs to go out there, but he took it upon himself to go out there with Stanton, others, and look at the crowd and say, hey, knock it off. Tamp this down. This No, we aren't like this. Well, you're probably not going to find a better stadium for security than Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. in baseball. I think it's probably the best one as far as security goes. But <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to manage that. And you see it happen. Things get said at every arena in every sport that should not be said. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I know from a, f- a fact, a couple of uh, people that I know have been in Yankee Stadium and played there and, and have heard the things that are said and that mm-hmm. the fans do their research. They yes. look at things to get under a player's skin. That's just part of the way they are. And I know the fans in Ned's beloved Philadelphia are not have a horrible <laughs> reputation, too. It is called mob violence and mob yes. psychology when you take any yeah. kind of psychology course. And I'm going to tell you, this is a true story, guys. And this is many years ago, like, oh, gosh, 20, 25 years ago. Phillies fans were throwing batteries yeah. on the field. Now, I'm, I'm out here. I'm uh-huh. KY3. <laughs> and, I, oh, my God. Snowballs, yeah, I can understand that. But batteries? Throwing them at players? What on earth is this? What's happened? I go home a couple of weeks later on vacation. My cousin is a retired full commander, U.S. Navy, season ticket holder. I said, George, what on earth? Fans throwing batteries? Says, yeah, I was one of them. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we'll try to get you primed for the NFL draft. It's Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave. <laughs> You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I tried to find a USFL football game today to watch, but there aren't any on. Yeah. What happened? But the network's already bail on this thing. <laughs> Are they not on today? I couldn't find one. I was looking around, and well, uh, I'm we, 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 we watched that. one on KY three last week, and it's uh, they're doing an infomercial right now, and so I, you know, I was just looking around to see if I could find one. So. It could be later on this afternoon. They have my, I don't know what the schedule is, and really don't care. But, <laughs> but I, and I don't think most people do. We were talking about fan behavior before we went into the break. They don't have to worry about that in the USFL. <laughs> 
15 people in the crowd. But right. it's something you wanted you wanted to talk about, Ned, because there is a lot of the Yankees were just a microcosm of of some mm-hmm. of the stuff that happened this week. We had the Anderson kid from the Chicago White Sox and Kyrie Irving both deciding they lost their cool in both cases and yeah. decided to give the crowd the KY1. Well, you can't do it. You absolutely cannot do that. You have to maintain a certain mental poise. No, it is not easy to do. When fans are yelling at you, carrying on, and heaping you with all kinds of abuse, you turn the other cheek. You have to. You cannot respond. And I use as the example, when Jackie Robinson broke into baseball in 1947, that's the one thing that the Brooklyn Dodgers back then made certain that he could do. That's why he was chosen. They said, hey, look, you're black. You're going to meet all kinds of abuse going in. Mm-hmm. You cannot respond. And so they started using all the names on him to mm-hmm. test him. Well, Jackie Robinson was a little bit older than... Um, some of these guys are. He was 28-year-old rookie. Right. So he, and had been in the Army. So he knew, or at least he had the mental capacity to be able to absorb some of this mm-hmm. until, what, two or three years later, you're on your own now. Yep. And then he did take out on them. Yep. That's fine. Now, I don't, that's not to say that all the comments being made today are racial or anything like that. I'm no. sure they are not. But the fact of the matter remains that the players have to turn their back on it. You mm-hmm. cannot respond to something like this, and they know that. Now, the situation in Texas where the kid ran off the mound and slammed into the home run <laughs> oh my hitter. goodness. There's a, there's a giveaway there. The, give, the, the kid who did it, who perpetrated that, you, that's out. He's gone from baseball. You can't, mm-hmm. You're not going to be allowed to play anywhere. Now, the kid who, the home run hitter, who got the... Stuffins beat out of him on a great hit, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a two-game suspension. He wasn't an innocent victim. He mm-hmm. somehow, he was, I'm sure, yelling some comments and so forth and so on. So he was guilty as well. Therein lies a, a second problem. All righty, again, the pitcher can't respond that way. Mm-hmm. What you do is what Bob Gibson did. Next time you come to bat, That's right. you better be, you're going to end up on your behind because you're going to get close shaved. You That's take care the, of it in-house, <laughs> exactly. as we like to say. Exactly, you take care of that. Now, the other situation with Mike Tyson, which made the Internet and all that sort of thing, I don't blame Mike Tyson one bit. He stood there. My question is, where on earth were the airline people? That's what I don't understand. You don't see a security guard, a flight attendant within arm's length at any point during this interaction. You just see the guy's friend, who, of course, is trying to pull him away from Tyson once it escalates. It's just, I, that's the problem I have, you know, in the age of TMZ and, you know, just aggressive autograph seekers and everybody wants a selfie you know, no sometimes means no. And from all accounts that I have read, Tyson was very friendly to this man until he just wouldn't leave him alone. It's a strange world, but mm-hmm. sports is, you know, this is not a new story. No. This Ooh. is something that's been going on for a long time. And, and the best example that comes to my mind, um, there used to be a magazine that was published I don't know if you remember it, John. I'm sure you, you do, Ned. It was called Baseball Quarterly. And, oh, yeah. and, and, Evans, yes. and it was a beautiful magazine that mm-hmm. came out and had beautiful full-color pictures in it. And 
one of my favorite articles ever posted in that magazine was called The Funny Thing Happened to Gary Templeton on His Way oh, to the Hall of boy. Fame. <laughs> and Gary Templeton, if you're a Cardinals fan, I, I've got a, a guy that I work with. He's a young Cardinals fan. He's When I say young, he's less than 30. <laughs> and he doesn't remember Gary Templeton. And mm-hmm. I said, well, he got traded to the Padres for Ozzie Smith. Yep. And the thought was that the Padres got the better part of that deal. Absolutely. Because Gary Templeton... While not the same caliber of fielder as mm. Ozzie Smith was pretty close, and he had a bat. Yes, and he would he was set to be a star, and he was having some rough times in St. Louis. He walked off the field. Some fans yelled at him, and mm-hmm. as Ned said, he gave him the KY one, and then he was gone. <laughs> and Ozzie Smith came to St. Louis, and that's legends. That's stuff of legends. It now, is Ozzie Smith if he had played in San Diego for the rest of his career, probably wouldn't have gone to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But he came to the Cardinals, which was a much better team. He was a better in a better place on that team. He wasn't expected to come in. And whatever they got from his bat was just extraordinary. But that mm-hmm. just shows that this is not something new that happens with players and fans. No, yeah. but I'll tell you what is new or newer, and that's the media coverage of these yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And all of the... All of the uh, venues that we have for finding out about them. Case in point is Ty Cobb. Yeah. Ty Cobb went into the stands after a fan and beat him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nothing, was there anything ever made of it? Oh, I made the stories, news sure. stories and all that, but there was no great, <clears throat> excuse me, no great outcry, anything of that nature. Jimmy Pearsall did the oh, same yes. thing. He got, I think, suspended for that one. When his, his, his comeback... He said, what, why did you do this? He said, well, the guy was yelling at me. How was I supposed to know he was 90 years old? <laughs> well, the guy that the guy that Ty Cobb, and this was Yankee Stadium, this mm-hmm. guy that was a Ty Cobb, uh, went after Ty Cobb. Uh, he, uh, he was handicapped. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of people around that were saying, that's not even the right guy that you're going after <laughs> right. at this point. So it was an interesting story. I just read that story recently but i mean none of this is new i mean you see no. it at nfl stadiums you see it in the in the nba especially when the the players and the fans the experience that sports has tried to go to is to get the fans as close as they possibly can to the action and when that happens what you see is this combustible atmosphere mm-hmm. especially in basketball you see it a lot in basketball and i know where you're going to go with this detroit distance detroit distance oh, exactly i mean what they call that it was it happened at the palace of auburn hills oh with uh, ron artest ron artest yes. and he's lying and, on the table and, oh, and going after the fans the bottle hits him directly he went after the wrong fan unfortunately and i can understand his anger in that situation my take on this, you're right, Joe, it's not a new new thing. Yeah. You know, it's happened, you know, time and time again, even in Ty Cobb's age back in the 20s. The problem I have now is you hit it on the head. They want fans to be a part of the game. They want them to be as close to the action as possible. You have got to have security do their job. Exactly. Yes, a player should shake it off. But there is a point when security is just sitting back smirking. When or recording it on their phone because they know they can sell this somewhere, they have got to step in and get these fans out. We also live in a day and age, too, where some of these guys become celebrities in their own right. I don't know if you remember this. You know, I, there's a lot of words that I would like to use to describe him. I guess uh, moron would be the one that I would <laughs> that I would choose. There was a, a Tampa Bay Rays fan. 
<clears throat> he became famous in his own right. And there was, and this was when Tampa Bay wasn't as good as they are today. But then that toilet bowl that they call a stadium was empty. <laughs> And you could hear this guy. He yelled through the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even watch the games because it just became so annoying. And even to sit around him. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine that somebody was like, and he was right up front. He had box seats. He was a season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. There's this guy that goes around and wears Marlin stuff to all the oh, things. Oh, yeah, I don't Marlin's think, guy. I don't think he's... he's a bad egg. He doesn't cause any problems. But, He's I just mean, become it, a celebrity. Fans become celebrities. Mm-hmm. Ned, you might remember this from years back. I think it was probably, you know, around 2006, 2004 time frame. I got to the point where I had to turn on the radio broadcast of the St. Louis Cardinal games because on the TV broadcast, they had a mic yep. and there was a gentleman. At the time, the Cardinals had a lot of players whose names ended in a similar way. And so if you were watching the game during the entire bet, you heard Renteria, Bonilla, and it would just echo. (laughs) Finally, I don't know whether the fans took matters in their own hands or they finally figured out who was doing it, but it stopped. (laughs) But it was ear piercing when you were trying to watch the games. I do remember that, yes. Eventually eventually it did stop, though. Mm -hmm. When we come back, we'll talk about the NFL draft, which I believe... Is this week, yes. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. finally it's here. We'll talk about it in just a second on Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're still talking about fans and sports and athletics because uh, it's, it's our hot-button topic today because obviously something happened yesterday with the Yankees fans. It was it was classless. They were throwing beers on the field. It, they just should have took the win and gone on. But what we were talking about off the air and what we're going to continue talking about, I promise we will talk about draft eventually, <laughs> but what, what I've seen, and John and I were youth baseball coaches, mm-hmm. and I've coached a lot of youth sports over the years, and you see this trickle-down effect with it, where mm-hmm. uh, there used to be this kind of thing that when you paid your admission into the game, that you had the right to do what you wanted to do, say what you wanted to say, ride an umpire. Now, that guy's that guy, I don't know how much umpires make. I mean, I'm, they do well. So they're professional. They're trained. They hear things they don't want to hear. They hear things said about their family. They hear things said about them personally. They hear things said about their ethnicity, if I could say that word. <laughs> yes. They, they hear all that stuff in there. They got to turn a blind eye to it, mm-hmm. and they have to move on and do their thing. But the trickle-down thing is that, you know, where does that... Where does that stop at? From 2018 to now, umpires, referees, officials mm-hmm. are 50,000 less from what they That's have exactly been. exactly right. And almost to a person. I can't say literally, but I would say 98% blame mom and dad. Absolutely. And their totally inexcusable behavior and comments made to officials. Hey, these guys and gals mm-hmm. are out there doing their best 
They're trying to follow the rules. They don't have a dog in the hunt. I, mm -hmm. I can tell you this. They don't care who's going to win. And, and to put up with the verbal abuse, well, again, you have mm -hmm. to turn a deaf ear to it. I understand that. But just the constant harassing of, hey, do this, do that. Why don't you get off your fat behind and get out there and do it yourself exactly. if you're going to make the comments? I can tell you, as I, I umpired baseball for mm -hmm. one year because I love the game. I've mm -hmm. done, I've coached, I've played, I score kept, I umpired. Mm -hmm. And that was, a, that was a huge test for me personally because I was, I was 18, 19 years old when I was doing it. It was a mm -hmm. summer job. And you know what? I, a guy threatened to kick my ass oh, one yeah. day. Yep. Over a call, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I set both teams down at one point during a game. I got griped at for ending games where the fans felt like it was ended too early. That's always a mm -hmm. big deal. It's a, still a big deal if you if it you is. play if you have kids that play around here is is coaching. And I heard a lot of things, and I will tell you, Ned, you do get a dog in the hunt sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, I I can remember games specifically close call. Yeah. I'm, I went with my gut, but mm -hmm. I also know my gut may have been like, hey. Well, know. though, in an ideal situation, yeah. the official should really not have any identification with what's going on. Exactly. But I'm, I'm talking about a higher level now. It, it, it exists everywhere. Yeah, right? it with, does. With kids. But the high school, the college, professional level. Of course, they're getting pretty doggone good remunerations from this. And the high school officials here and they're experiencing a terrific drought of new young officials coming into the game, their pay is pretty good. Mm -hmm. There's, it's, I mean, you're not, it's not Fort Knox, but no. you're getting a pretty good remuneration for doing that. Now you do have to know the rules, mm -hmm. but you also have to turn a deaf ear. Yep. They know that it's a matter of maturity mm -hmm. because there's always going to be some term that I can't use in the audience who's going to be yelling at you and <laughs> yes. so forth and so on. It happens. That is part of the game. That is guy the term, is the term, term begin with an guy. A and end with an E. <laughs> yeah. We call him that guy. Yeah. Mine, mine was a J that it began with. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, I had to figure that one out. Joe, you did mention this and, you know, being associated with youth, youth baseball for as long as I was. And then I've gone on and, you know, my kids are playing high school baseball right now. What's one of the things I see, and I'll, I'll compliment, I won't say which school my kids go to, but... Parkview. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Parkview's fan base is very good about not screaming at umpires. You don't see confrontations. You don't see that. Now, on the other side of the dugout, depending on who the team is, you do see some managers that are horrendous. There's not a place for that in youth sports. Like, nope. I would get ticked. I might argue a call, but I'm never going to bring somebody's family into it. I'm not going to bring anything like that into the argument. The problem I see with this trickle-down effect as well, it's not just the officials. The officials have to put up with this stuff from kids that they see the pros do. A couple of examples I can give you. I applaud every umpire in the world at the high school level. If it is a 3-2 count... And the kid starts to walk as soon as the pitch hits the catcher's glove before the umpire's made the call. You're out. It's a strike if it's three feet high. You're showing up the umpire. And for some reason, these kids don't get it. And then some of the stares and the looks and the back and forth I hear, I'm like, what are you doing? Because you get another problem with this is you get the same umpires week to week. Yeah. And it's not like they have short memories. No. They remember teams and kids. And then on top of that, the parents, when you look at a national scope, 
every other week I see a story. There is a, a lady right now who was a softball umpire. A mom came out of the stands after the game and punched her in the eye. <laughs> she got to throw out the first pitch. I don't remember which team was local to her, but Major League Baseball brought her out to throw a first pitch and recognize her. I have seen basketball games where people go and choke the refs. The players go and start knocking the ref down and kicking him in the head. This is a bigger problem because everyone has this mindset that this is pro sports. It's not. At best, you're paying $2 to get in. And these guys are amateur officials for the most part. They're not getting paid enough. And there's no reason to act like the world's at stake in a little league or high school baseball game. You're here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, I, the worst things that I've seen were at Little League, not specifically Little League, but Park Board, mm-hmm. Boys and Girls Club, saw a fight at a Boys and Girls Club oh. game. I've, I've, been, I've been threatened. I've had <laughs> players threatened. I've mm-hmm. seen, seen terrible things happen throughout the, you know, my time in coaching. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's not a good thing. And I think the expectation is, you know, look, sports is a pyramid. And everybody starts down here at the bottom, and then the very best make it to the top. That's right. And for the most part, your kids are probably not going to play anywhere beyond high school baseball. Absolutely. High school baseball is the best. If they do, wow, that's really great. Mm -hmm. I don't know of any coach, any player that I coached, and I coached some really good, talented kids Mm -hmm. that made it beyond high school baseball. There's one that I can think of, but I don't know where he's at, but... Mm -hmm. Still, the bottom line is this. You cannot have this kind of abuse. But that's that's the perspective. That's mm -hmm. the perspective. It all boils down, in my opinion, we're getting into a much deeper problem than that, is (laughs) how kids are brought up at home. Yeah. Well, you know. What mom and dad, what their influence is. Yeah. Well, I know some story of some people that invested like $15,000 to $20,000 one summer for their kid to play baseball Mm -hmm. because they wanted him to get a full ride scholarship. Guess what? Put that in a college fund. There's your full ride scholarship right there. That's not the way that works. And yeah, it's 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 a sad situation. That's all I can really. We're just we better preview the draft. We'll do the draft next. One hundred four point seven. The cave net talk. (laughs) You're listening to Net Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Rain and thunderstorms this afternoon, high about 70 cloudy skies. Mm Clearing off a little bit overnight, and then tomorrow it'll be cloudy with a high of 62. Joe Weston, Ned Reynolds, John Oliver. We're talking sports, and we've spent the whole time talking about stinky fans are <laughs> all that stuff. We haven't really talked about the NFL draft, which is yes. finally this week. Christmas is finally mm-hmm. here for fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about who the Chiefs should take, who mm-hmm. they will take, will they make a draft. Who's the best player in this draft? I don't know anybody's names, really. Do you? Is there anybody that well, stands out to you? Yeah, the wide receiver from Alabama, Jamison yeah, Williams, Williams, is an outstanding player. But 
He is also rehabbing from a knee injury, which occurred mm-hmm. late in the late in the season. As a matter of fact, in the postseason. Yes. Again, for the Crimson Tide, he would be the primary objective yes. if you're uh, looking at a wide receiver. I really think the Chiefs go for defense. They have 29 and 30. Mm-hmm. They are the draft picks back to back in the first round, and then a whole bunch after that, all because of the Tyreek Hill trade. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like they'll they'll draft defense. Uh, because the wide receivers who are out there get them as free agents. Mm-hmm. And you get some pretty skilled wide receivers as free agents. First of all, I think the Chiefs are probably fairly well loaded at that position. Mm-hmm. But over and above that, I think defense is the key, defensive back and an edge rusher. I think that's what they have to get, and I think that's where they'll go in the first round. Do you think that they're able to pick up some bargains in the second and third rounds, guys, that could mm-hmm. eventually be deal breakers or deal makers for the team joe it's it's an inexact science you don't know who's going to be there come on mel (laughs) kuyper says it's a very exact science mel kuyper won't even be there as a matter of fact he is he's not going to be a part of the draft he will be on tv but he will not be on hand in vegas oh okay he has been banned because he has not been inoculated Oh, he okay. has not taken any. I did not know that. Uh-huh. Really interesting. So hmm. he's out. He's not going to be there. Interesting. But he will be with his expertise, quote unquote expertise. Yes. Um, sure. When you when you t- take a look at the the Chiefs and their their fallibilities as a team, defense is it. They've got hmm. to have the edge rusher. I know you've got. You st- well, as a matter of fact, he's not even signed. Clark has been, mm-hmm. but Ingram has not been. He has not been. He's still a free agent. He could sign probably with the Chiefs again. Mm-hmm. And so might Tyran Matthews. Absolutely. He could be back. It is possible. He mm-hmm. hasn't been signed by anybody. Don't you think a lot of these guys that are still hanging around out there, I know there's a, a couple of big wide receiver names that are still not signed at this point. Tyran Matthew, you mentioned not signed. James Ingram, not signed. Teams are going using them as plan B if they don't get what they want from the draft. Well, that does Absolutely. figure into the mix, of course. But by the same token, though, is there anybody draftable, if you can make an adverb out of this, mm-hmm. uh, who fits the scheme of some team that's looking to be a contender right away? And the answer probably isn't because it takes time to work yourself into that that mix of things. Would you agree with that, John? I absolutely would. What I give the Chiefs credit for is they usually draft very well. They get, you know, the most value they can for their picks. You look at guys like Hardman and Pringle and, you know, guys that were under the radar when they drafted them. You know, people forget Tyreek Hill, I believe, was a fourth-round pick Mm -hmm. when the Chiefs got him, and look at what happened there. Jamison Williams is the the sexy option, if you will. I think that's the one Chiefs want to do. They want to try to package up the 29 and 30 pick and some other things and trade up to get him. Another interesting thing I've been hearing rumbles about, I'm sure both of you gentlemen understand that the wide receiver cores now for many teams are holding out because of these record salaries. Debo Samuel, a fantastic wide receiver from the 49ers, is not having any of it. And the Chiefs have inquired... And that's something the draft picks could go for. And that's a very interesting player. Hmm. But you guys do bring up a good point. They are loaded with picks from that Tyreek Hill trade. You have got to improve the secondary. There is no question about it. Even with signing Reed, you still have to improve the secondary. And you need defensive ends, pass rushers, 
linebackers. You've got to improve the defense. I feel like the offensive line is in the best shape it's been in years. You've got to do some work with those draft picks. Well, next week we'll be talking about who the Chiefs drafted and what impact that means to the team. So, we'll And then a- we will know who the draftees are. It's one round Thursday, and I think it's two Friday, and then the rest of it's all Saturday. And that's when <laughs> that's when your 15-minute window goes down to one and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> Which is where it should be anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back in the studio next Sunday right here at noon for Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave. Ned, enjoy your Sunday. Thank you, sir. John, you do the same. You as well. We'll be back here again next Sunday at noon. It's Ned Talk. Thanks to Brian Tyndall, Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, and Nick Fury. See ya.